Welcome to this episode of Sketchy Ideas, the live point counterpoint video podcast where we illustrate and debate concepts surrounding leadership, business, personal achievement, and things that don't exist but probably should in a way that makes you think, may make you think twice before you implement that new idea you just learned about on the internet. Welcome. I am Michael Rampola. And I am Brad James from my car. The disembodied voice of Brad James. Uh, is joining us as well this week. Um, Brad, glad to have you along. I will do my best to represent you as well as I possibly can. Um, but first... You for sure draw better than I do, so at least there's that. There is that. If we were going to put these things on a marketplace, I think I would... Um, no, I guess it's about the intrinsic value, not the artistic value, because, well, we'll save that for a minute from now. Today, we are going to get into Crypto for Common Folk Part 5 maybe the last one we'll see i'm trying to make my way through this in a way that makes sense to me because if i can figure it out for me hopefully i can help it make sense to all you out there too brad's doing his best to bring me along um and elizabeth is producing because we should all know our role in any case before we get into all of that let's hear a word from our sponsors brad are you ready to tell us all about why we should be reaching out to cream city marketing of course so here's the deal. We're, we're nearing the holidays. Uh, if you haven't done your holiday marketing yet, hey, you know what? There's still a little bit of time. But if you're way beyond that, time to start working towards Q1 of next year and what's going to happen. Um, here's what I do know. Uh, supply chain stuff has messed up a whole bunch of things for inventory, which means I know there are going to be a whole bunch of businesses around the country that have inventory backed up that they need to somehow figure out how to move faster in Q1 of next year. If you're struggling with the marketing or digital marketing or traditional marketing of selling that inventory, do me a favor, get in touch with my friend, Erin at Cream City Marketing. She's awesome. I've worked with her now for almost five years. Um, rocking and rolling. She's going to give you a hand on figuring out what is the best way to build awareness through earned and paid traffic, as well as some sort of strategy that suits you and your brand. To make sure you can move that inventory fast. Email Aaron at Aaron at CreamCityMarketing.com. Over to you. All right. Thank you. Sketch Ideas is also powered by Spirity. As we're coming up on the end of this month, this quarter, this year, if you're still sprinting to get across the finish line instead of looking forward to having some time off, we should talk. Spirity doesn't want you to be working that hard to grow and scale your business now is the time of year where you should be reflecting back on the wins and the failures and trying to figure out how to do more of the first and less of the second going into next year. This is the work that we're doing with all of our clients and members right now. And it's the kind of work that you should be doing as a business owner to grow and scale with intention in 2022. So if you want to grow and scale with it in an intentional strategic way and have a better understanding of what it's going to take to do that, we should talk. Reach out to us at spirity.com to learn more. All right. Crypto for Common Folk 5 and maybe Fiend. We'll see. Uh, when last we spoke, Brad was alluding to the metaverse. Brad was trying to convince me that his art had value as an NFT. Um, and I said, all right, my brain is full. We're going to have to pick this up again next time. So here we are picking it up again next time. And I am now in charge of trying to explain NFTs, which is like 
being told, all right, I know you just showed you how to do this once. Now you're completely in charge of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to try. All right. Well, hold up, hold up. Let's, let's understand why this exercise is important. You and I both know learning style, right? Yes. Passive learning and active learning. Yes. This is an active learning exercise where it's okay if you stumble. This is a safe space. <laughs> this this live without a net uh, thing we're doing here is a safe space noted. All right. So this is me safe spaces. actively learning. Here we go. All right. <laughs> NFT, despite its weird name, is really about establishing and verifying ownership. And what I mean by that is in the same way that one of the key factors of the blockchain for cryptocurrency is the um, it's it's uh, is a com you know, combating fraud and combating um, double spending and all of those things that are hard to verify quickly and hard to uh, secure consistently. In the same ways, an NFT is leveraging blockchain technology for those same two critical components: verifying and validating authenticity, um, establishing and controlling ownership, and maintaining um, some, some security around the data or uh, the item that the data is um, tagged to or connected to. Somebody's been doing their homework. I, I, just, I just passed out. What did I say? Did, it, did, it, did that make sense? I don't, I don't know where that came yeah, from. Yeah, that, that's very good. That was uh, All right. well done. I think I, I think you're getting there. All right. I think part of it is I didn't think too hard about it. No, I take it back. Part of it was I ignored intentionally like what it what it looks like on its face. Because NFTs, A agreed, have a weird name that is not really a really good descriptor. Lots of things suffer from that. Um, the other thing is the fact that it's being used and like reapplied and like tweaked and spun and pivoted in a bunch of ways. And those ways aren't really the core of what it's about and what it's doing, right? So regardless of how it appears and or how I might interact with it, it's what's underneath it, what's its actual function, what's it designed to do? And when I think back to the function of the NFT, right? The function of the NFT is those ideas I talked about, the security, um, I'm gonna say ownership, and I guess authenticity, which again kind of works for money too, right? Where is this really a dollar? Yeah. Like the the the, the little yeah. pen you ever worked in retail, right? The 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 hundred dollar bill pen that you yes, it's really a dollar swipe thing. Like yep. that's yeah, the code is doing that for digital because there's no way to to marker swipe digital currency. So we need another way to validate that it's a real thing. There's no security, hold it up to the light, and you'll see a poorly faded picture of Ben Franklin. Like that doesn't exist for Bitcoin. So we need some other way to authenticate its um, authenticity. There's gotta be a better way to not define the word with the word, but okay. Um, the security no, of it is protecting it and the ownership. So it's that's like, exactly it's, what it is. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, what you're doing is you're talking about the, the base layer of it, right? So like with art, if you right. can certify that the art is real, Yes. And you can certify and test the ownership of that art. Yes. And you can do all the things you need to do in order to validate 
the security and, and where it lives by leveraging the tools that are being built on the Ethereum network. Now you've just created this extra layer of protection around all of those major concerns when it comes to things that are tangible, right? That you can hold or non-fungible, right? In terms of yep. the digital aspect of things. So that's why you're getting the crossover because this is being applied and has been applied for a long time. It's just been called something different because we have not had the digital blockchain backing what it does. All right, so um, I'm trying to give us an analog analog analogy. I didn't realize that those words, I'm doing lots of double words today. Um, this is the certificate of authenticity and the chain of custody and the pink slip. Like that would be the three things for a physical object, right? The, it's, a re it's really what it says it is. Here's where it came from to prove that it's, you know, it's been uh, you know, taken care of and protected this whole time. And it's the pink slip validating that I actually own the thing. And so for yeah. physical objects, we have those documents. For digital assets, we need some way to create the same set of proofs. Right. Or the way you right. can apply it to now physical objects is using the same tools. So you're telling me I can NFT a, a, a physical thing now? Well, it's already been done, but it's taking I it into a digital understood. space, Don't right? Do I just thought I so, figured so, this out. All right, now what? But, but what I'm saying is that you can take that same application, right? You can, okay. you can still forge each of those three pieces of documentation you outlined. I can? That would be cool. No, wait, I'm sorry. I can? I, why would somebody want to do that? I mean, it, it's the premise around... I mean, you. when you're talking about artifacts or collection, right? It's the same idea. Certify it, certify it's real by forging the the statement of there's a what's what's the term called? Like the transference papers, like uh, the, chain of custody is what I've got written down. Chain of custody, or there was a there was another there was another um, there's another term for it, like. In yes. like animals, they call it pedigree, right? Like they yes. document the pedigree. Yep. Yep. Um, or like pen, not penance. I'm thinking about one of my favorite movies, uh, A Knight's Tale, where they talk about his oh. articles of, of like lordship. Yeah. You know like, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. There's there's a reference, by the way. Nice. Elizabeth, is that on your list? No, she's not on the list. Put it on the list. It's yeah. it's at least a little more. Yeah, that was that's 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 that is a good movie for tropes, and I mean that as a, as a, in a positive sense, right? That movie is a is a well crafted collection of of tropes, some of which are a little bit tweaked in a in a very intentional way. So I, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Put it on the list here. Um, okay, so regardless, right? I know what you're talking about. I'm not going to come up with the word, but I know what you mean. It's yeah, it's the proof I am who I say I am, and I come from. Yeah, it's all the same idea. It, that's for that. Would, that was for a yeah. person back when we had to establish ownership of and you know lordships of peoples. Um, right, and I, and I guess to bring that up so people understand, we're just applying this with a digital layer. If it's a physical good, we're applying the same idea. If it's a digital artifact, 
All right. And here's why I think this is interesting as you're saying this. Is. Because why do these things matter? Because of the perceived value. Like, yeah. So because I say this has my certificate of authenticity, like for somebody, it is more valuable because it's authentic. And for somebody else, the chain of custody adds value. So I know it's been well cared for, well protected, what have you, right? Um, so therefore, if I was forging these things, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm, I'm believing that by that the money I'm going to spend faking it is less than the money it would spend for me to actually acquire it. And therefore, if I try to sell it, I'm going to get more for it. So I'm increasing the perception of the value of the thing by establishing provable, the proofs, the security, ownership, and authenticity. So therefore, that is a reason that an NFT for, a, for, a, for an asset or crypto has value. We have to, it's like the same reason my, my dollar bill has value. We agree on its value. There's an agreed perception on the value of this piece of paper versus that one. Because this one's real dollar and that one's just paper. Right? Yes. It's, yep. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think if, if everybody can grasp that point and understand this isn't, this isn't a new thing. That's why I don't want people to be scared by it. I, I think that that's, that's the biggest thing people need to, to focus on is this is not a scary thing. It's just a different format of tracking all of those things. I, it gets funny when you go to digital assets because there is the practical reality that oftentimes digital assets get borrowed, distributed, used, reused, remixed in a very uh what's the word a casual sort of way and now for somebody to say no no stop that it now is an nft you know this is me last time going can't i just right click and save like i still get it right and the answer is true i get ah of it but the original one if i actually wanted if i cared about proving its value then i would actually be integrate or uh, interacting with that thing in a different way Yes, and I and that's where that's where for people who are in a creative field where they're creating custom works of art, whatever it is, this technology is critical to the survival of maintaining the value of their pieces of work. Because without it, that's exactly what has happened. And and that's why we've we've dealt with the commoditization of, of creative assets because of the age of the internet. The internet's great. The challenge is, is that when you, when you introduce levels of speed and, and transference of goods and, and assets and things like that, you inherently apply pressure on different industries or different uh, people right. to, to either lose value just because of the distribution of what it is, or basically we've lost a whole bunch of creative people through the scaling of the internet, right? Sure. Like, because it did, it no longer, it no longer was a means of, of generating uh, wealth or, or money to pay for bills. So they all right. moved on. Right. So you deal with these talent issues, right? Like this is, 
this is what, I mean, we, that's where like in a digital space, we've been dealing with levels of this in different arrays, like encryption, right? Encryption mm -hmm. is a format of, of one way we've protected intellectual property, for example, on the internet or like password protection. When you get a PDF, then you need the password, right? right. Protect it. This, this essentially eliminates the manual aspects of those things and allows for that transference to happen without having to apply extra steps in order to make that happen. Yes. All right, for everybody, if, you, if you've watched this enough, whenever Michael takes a big pause like that, the gears are turning, just so you're aware. So if you're watching and you have a question, now would be a great time to ask that question that you're all probably thinking. That's fair. No, I was, it was the, the interesting, the, the adding the, you're right. You're not wrong. Um, adding the protection layer was, was a good, a good mention. Um, because the, like, I, I, I'm, I've now, my brain has now gone to like an art movie an, an uh, art caper movie, right. Where, where they, they steal the painting and like all of those other things, one thing, but like, if you can't then like hold on to it, we have a problem, right? Like, so to speak. Yep. So that was the security, the encryption point was the additional thing that I had kind of missed on my first time around. Um, no, I mean, you mentioned security, just not in that. Yeah, it was a different kind of security, I guess. Um, yeah. So let's, security right. that so it's, been, let's not, that it's been taken care of. Anyway, go on. Yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't want to get bogged down in these details, but the reason why this applies to the metaverse, as you and I discussed, so mm -hmm. if you've been paying attention to the news, Nike just acquired um, a very young company that is actually leading the way in digital fashion, specifically dealing with footwear. Uh, and they bought this company as this is, this is, this is them claiming their, their, their beachfront um, in this world of the metaverse that we alluded to last week. Um, and, and I guess the point that this, the reason this matters for this conversation is what they will be applying is this NFT concept, this technology mm -hmm. to the fat, to the fashion world in general, both in reality, in the real world and in the metaverse. Okay. So the idea behind this, excuse me. Okay. I said, okay. So the idea behind this whole idea of protectionism, security, ownership, all the things you talked about become important when now I can buy a piece of clothing through the next iteration of buying e-commerce goods or fashion online mm -hmm. in the metaverse, where I walk into a store wearing my, you know, in the metaverse, and I want to try on an outfit, and that outfit pertains to uh, the shoes, the pants, the shirt, the hat, the sunglasses, the watch the the whatever i'm going to choose in that iteration because nfts inherently are smart contracts and if i go into a retail store like that me as the shopkeeper does not have that actual inventory on hand if you recall our t-shirt uh metaphor from last week or t-shirt example from last week i no longer have that t-shirt on hand in my store but I want to have access to those brands. So what that means is the only way to make that work is through this NFT concept. 
where now Brad goes into the store, he buys the Nike shoes with the Nike socks, the blue jeans from Levi, the, the t-shirt from, I don't know, I'm not a fashion guy, uh, whatever that outfit is. And instantly when I hit buy, all of those companies, including the shopkeeper, all get paid. And that clothing that I just bought, if you are part of one of those like fashion things by month by month shopping, where it's a subscription service, now it shows up in the mail too for me. Right. Interesting. Like, like that's the part where, where I think people need to understand the world of online shopping, whether you like it or not, is, is flipping. This is the next iteration of that one click that Amazon patented. This is now where instead of me just looking at it on models, and we've seen, we've seen the progression of this. There mm-hmm. are fashion apps out there where you can stand and it looks like you're wearing the clothes. Right. The most uh, enlightened, the most likely one that most people have probably touched because there are a lot of people who buy glasses now online is the whole Warby Parker thing right. where I can see me wearing the glasses in my phone. It's the same idea, only now it's the whole outfit that's going to happen because of this metaverse. And then I have the outfit both in the metaverse and I have the outfit in the real world. That's one example of how this is going to work. Here's the question on that then. So, okay, so let's take it to clothing. Cause, okay, so I, let's say I make a knockoff um, Nike sweatshirt in the real mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Like the only way that Nike stops me from doing that no let me go back a step the only way that i make money doing that is if i have somebody else who believes that that has value whether they know it's a fake technically at the you know does determines what value they think it has but somebody else needs to agree that that thing has value for to buy it from me and then i make money right check now if nike cared to stop me that would be one thing right if they if they wanted to protect secure whatever what I'm doing, then they would have to you know hear about me, find me, and then shut me down. In the digital space, it would it would in theory operate the same way, where I could create knockoffs of branded items. Somebody would have to either would have to agree that it has value, either because they don't know it's a knockoff and they buy it for full price, or they know it's a knockoff and they'll buy it for the discount. And I can keep going. I can keep doing that until Nike stop, finds me and stops me, right? Yep. Sure. So but will you do that? I don't know. Would I do that? Would Nike do that? Would I do that? Like, I mean, I wouldn't. I got other things to do with my time. But um, I also Yeah, like that's what I'm get. saying. So when you're talking about knockoffs, the biggest issue is barrier to entry. And the reason those knockoffs are available is because typically they come from mistakes at the factory side. Right. And so technically they're a knockoff because of the quote unquote brand, which again goes back to that creativity protection that we discussed with art. Right. Right. Or so if you're going to start doing the knockoffs in the metaverse, you're just going to do the knockoffs in the metaverse, which means you need a, you need to set up a store, you need to build the code, you need to do all the things in order to make that work. Right. And, and that's where, that's where the barrier to entry. Now you have to relearn a whole new platform in order to make it happen. Right. So if you're trying to stay ahead of like, this is part of the reason, uh, like with patents, right? Often when I work with clients who are designing a physical product and the patent issue comes up, I go, hey, I ask the question, I go, are you going to protect the IP? 
right? Because a patent is one thing. The enforcement of the patent is another thing. So are you going to protect the intellectual property in the patent and back it with lawyer fees to go after people if you find it? Or should you just focus on the business example and just stay ahead of the curve because you're that good at the innovation? Interesting. So in the metaverse, what you're saying is, see, and I feel like the barrier to entry is typically lower in digital than it is in physical, but maybe I'm wrong. Except we don't know how this metaverse is being structured yet. It's not like there's an open API code yet available to all of us. It's been made available to a select subset of businesses right now because it hasn't, it's launching it's in the midst of launch, but they haven't deployed it to the mass public, right? Interesting. Like we don't all have Oculus goggles yet. Yes. My, my, guess, my guess is, is that in two to five years, anybody who has a Facebook account can pay for shipping and they're going to get Oculus goggles in the mail. Mark, mark that mark that prediction, Elizabeth. Let's see. Let's see how. I, I don't. I would just, we need to go back and track predictions against reality and see if we're any better at prognosticating than coin flips. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I don't. I just. It would be interesting to know. I, we've we've made we've made quite a few predictions over the course of our seventy some odd episodes, right? Yeah. Yes, It'd be interesting have. to see. Since we were we were born out of a of a pivoting pandemic in the first place, it'd be interesting to see if we mm -hmm. you know have learned anything along the way. Maybe maybe that's one of our retrospectives pretty, for the end of the year, I, Elizabeth. I, I'm pretty sure one of my predictions was this whole COVID thing was going to come back around this year. So that was a pretty that solid bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well. I, I think that that that's the I think you're going to be right, but I wish you were wrong. You know, prediction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, if, if anybody is still looking, <laughs> kind of, um, if anybody is still like watching us and thinking about next year and look, my mention at the beginning did resonate with you, um, from a prediction standpoint, we are saying, we are telling our business owners to to believe that things are going to continue the way they are right now for at least the next quarter. So, and that unfortunately, we used to be able to get a little bit further out in our in our business climate predictions. But from all of the, the research and the work and the modeling we've done, um, we're actually reducing the distance on our models because there are increasingly increasing levels of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, which is reducing, I think, anybody's ability to future model on just across the board. So global trend reduced distance on models. And therefore, also, we're saying the same thing about business trend prediction. And I'm saying that because this this is coming up here because here's another example. Like, I think I think we just found our topic for next week. We're going to run predictions. Oh boy, we're going to go through predictions for next year, you and me, Crystal over our, our whiteboard side chat. That'll be fun. okay. I think that that'll be a good thing to do as a as a in that format. Then I like that. All right, cool. Elizabeth, draw it up. Or write it up. You don't do the drawing. You do the writing. Elizabeth, write it up. I got a thumbs up. I think that means she heard me and, and accepted the delegation. Um, okay, so the metaverse 
here's what's interesting to me about the metaverse. Like on the one hand, it's like, it's a totally different thing. And on the other hand, it's, and it's directly connected to the real thing. So I, I often feel like pe- we can't decide, such the people in charge haven't landed yet, whether or not it is augmented, virtual, or alternate reality. And, I, and those I think are, in, are a distinction. I think, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna get to a, a point where we're dealing with, with both in different quote unquote universes. I, I, I think, so, so you know how like when you see themes across pop culture and across culture, and all of a sudden you go, all of a sudden like a year or two later you go, huh, wasn't it just not long ago that we were, this became like a thing across everything? Look at it right now. You look at, you look at pop culture in terms of like movies, yeah. everything has a multiverse. It's no longer about time travel. It's about mm-hmm. this multiverse idea, right? It used to be about time travel. Sure. And then that, that, when it was about time travel, guess what? The History Channel boomed. All those shows about history boomed, sure. right? Like this was, I mean, that's what we're seeing now is we're seeing that next iteration of what as a culture is the, is the uh, just far enough out theme which also makes me believe that that here's a weird one for for like we've figured out time travel in a way that's not really time travel just because now we can get back to things there's so much information because of the information now that's available on the internet uh, it's a, a form a, of time a, travel a research, in a research format you mean like the, the go back correct version. got it yeah yeah so, so what I'm saying, like with this, is now we're at the point where we have all these different quote-unquote universes that have been discussed, and it started with the idea of social media because it started with these different groupings, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's all these different platforms based on on what people want to do and how they want to do it and different things, whether it's game of gamifying things or like friend groups or you know all we're dealing with it. And we've dealt with it before to some extent. In reality, it just couldn't hold up mm. when the internet came about, right? Think about malls. Think about entertainment the way it used to be. The companies that mastered it still are there, right? Mm. AKA Disney and their theme parks. But other than that, most all the rest of them have gone away. It goes to show that the specialization in these areas, if you specialize in these areas, you are going to last in the long run. But if you dabble and don't go all in and make it like the timing aspect of it, it's not going to work. Because we've dealt with this before, right? Like digital life has been dealt with. You brought up Sims, right? Or or Sims, Sims or up Second whole... Life. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so these are themes that have been tested. All right, now then I'm going to hold my. I'm gonna hold my predictions on all of the above for next time. All right, I've, I like it. I've, I've I like it. Got some thoughts on the subject that I will share in our fireside chat. It's gonna be a fun one. I agree. It's be a fun one. I agree. All right, I think we're gonna put a wrap this week. Um, so okay, we did NFTs, we did the metaverse, we embraced at least two tangents. Um, I'm gonna call that a win. I'm going to call that a win. Nice work this week from Brad on the move. 
Um, all right, so you just learned, I think, not everything there is to know, but a five parts worth of what is worth knowing about blockchain, crypto, and NFTs in a way that hopefully is making you think twice. I know it made me think twice about how you're viewing your augmented virtual alternate or authentic reality. And if we've done that, then we've done our job. In the meantime, between now and next week, next week will be our fireside prognosticating uh, chat, maybe even complete with fire. And in the meantime, if you'd like <laughs> us to make a prediction on something, we will take your suggestions. Ask us questions, drop us a topic. It's like uh, uh, sketchy ideas meets comedy sports. Give us some ideas about what we should talk about. Maybe we won't even preview them for fun. Send all of that over to Elizabeth at info at sketchyideasshow.com. And next week, Elizabeth will make us dance to, um, to, to the topic she drops our way. And we look forward to having that conversation with you and in front of you and alongside of you next week. Live. And if you want to learn more, and if you want to learn more about the crypto stuff, stay tuned for Crypto for Common Folk, the podcast coming soon. There you go. Brad always delivering more value. It's just it's just what he does. All right. We will I look make forward a, to I make a strong effort. You do. You do make a very strong <laughs> I, effort. I, I some I sometimes miss the mark, but you know, I feel like the effort, nobody can ever say I don't try. I, I agree with that. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. Come back and we'll be here. We hope you will be also. Remember, just because it's a sketchy idea doesn't mean it's not worth exploring. We'll see you next time.